it just registered. There's a way things register with me, like that I know it's not an accident. You see, I don't know if that was one of the first times, but I would definitely not forget that time. And like he said it, I don't remember what he looks like. I never saw him again. But when he said it, I knew it, and I knew I was going to do it and never quit. Welcome to The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. As a leading manifestation advisor with a process that's, well, radically different from the old New Age model, mine is rooted in psychology, neuroscience, and my energetic gifts. I created this podcast to help you expand your subconscious limiting beliefs about the potential of deserving the manifestations you're calling in. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of manifesting it. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us our review, comment, and share it with your fellow manifester that's struggling or could really benefit from the information that you're about to learn. I'm so excited for today's guest. I have been intuiting for quite some time that I have to get him on here. And I met him back in my Laugh Factory days. I think I was 23 when I got that job, which is so interesting because I ended up getting it out of necessity. I was with, I think it was three years, I was with my Canadian actor boyfriend. And then it's the only time I've ever done this in my life. I ended up having an affair while doing a play with this other actor, and which was all my own shit that I've never looked at, my codependency and low self-worth. And I always had to move from one relationship to another, seeking validation. So it had nothing to do with my partner at the time. We were actually in a really good place and he was a fantastic partner. And it really set both of us up on our journeys. I'm so proud of how far he's come and certainly how far I've come too. But he was actually supporting me financially when I was living with him to act, which makes this all way worse. This is like a public amends to him. I owe him one in person still, which we always talk about when we get together. I'll be giving that from my coda days, but I ended up having to move out within a week. It was a rock bottom and I had to find my own apartment and a job. And this was the first job I got, which was really telling of where my worth was at because it was a pretty toxic environment, though I still am great friends with the people that I worked with there. We actually had lunch a couple weeks after I recorded this episode, which I said, I have to reach out to them and go have lunch. And I really want to continue that because it's so funny that when I was sitting there having lunch with these girls, Mary, Sarah, Julianne, Julianne's actually in this community, I realized and noticed it's one of the first times since all of my endocrine issues that I sat for hours. We were there for hours. I want to say three hours talking. And it was the first time I didn't feel exhausted after. And I really took a look at that and I was like, what's going on there? And I realized it's because it's a crowd that feels like family because of this time in our lives. And I didn't feel like I have to be something other than myself. And I don't often feel like that, but it still is residual from the way I grew up and perfectionism and codependency that I feel like I have to at least be energetically on rather than exhausted. And with them, I could really be myself. And so this is such a full circle episode of really remembering 
the person I was back in those days, connecting with who feels like family, and then having this conversation with Ian Edwards just really felt like home and felt like re-meeting an aspect and part of me that I haven't been around for a long time. And that was really beautiful. So I want to introduce today's guest, Ian Edwards, who's a comedian. You certainly know him if you've checked out his hour-long Comedy Central that he released this past year called Ian Talk. He's been a writer on some amazing shows, including Blackish, The Carmichael Show, Crashing on HBO, Friends from College, and Two Broke Girls, which is really full circle because we've had Beth Bears on this podcast. And it's always been really an honor to watch how far Whitney Cummings has come since seeing her perform at the Laugh Factory back then. And then, of course, moving on to doing Two Broke Girls and everything she's accomplished since. So really full circle episode. I I was so excited to have Ian on. And I talk about this in the episode because anybody who's been around comics, we were very intimately around comics. I, I think I worked there for... I think it was four years, three or four years, and you get to know them quite well. And they're pretty, as you hear, they're pretty dark and traumatic people. Like they've had a lot of trauma. There's a lot of darkness going on. And most often than not, you know, they were always trying to hit on us and sleep with us. So Ian was always such a diamond in the rough, you know, so respectful, so interesting. He's vegan. His background's so interesting. He's an Aquarian. And we just both, ha- I think he's a rat, like me, an Aquarian rat. And I always just felt so safe around him, so connected, so seen when we would, you know, like go out to friends or something afterwards. He was just really, really grounded and loving and beautiful. And I feel like he's a massive expander in this community, or he will be one for many because he's so authentic and he's stayed so true to himself and so authentic. So let's get into this episode. It's a journey. He drops a lot of knowledge on us, a lot of things we can learn from him. And uh, yeah, it's with a really heartfelt thank you to having Ian on this episode. Let's get into it. Where I like to start with everybody, Ian, is tell us about your cultural background and upbringing. Okay. My cultural background, I'm bringing like a... um, from a Jamaican family, but I was raised in England. So then there's a lot of English things that I have with me. But at the same time, while I was growing up in England, sorry, my family's Jamaican. So the food we ate and my cousins and my relatives and a lot of the people I hung out with were Jamaican. And I stayed in Jamaica till I was, I mean, in England till I was like nine years old and then actually moved to Jamaica with my family. So then there's a lot of like Jamaican background and religiously it's like the Church of England. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, what do they call it? Because it's almost like the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. What do they call that thing? Uh, when you're when you're 13, you're confirmed oh. and then you do all the, the, the blood of Christ and all that stuff. Yeah. What is that called in the Catholic Church? I don't remember. I yeah, I forgot. I, what is it? Is it confirmation? Yeah, confirmation. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I think yeah. You had one? Yeah, I had one of those. Yeah. And so even though your family, they're from the island, were they Catholic or you just did it to, we to fit in? We were Catholics. It's Church of England. So the, I guess back in the day, the England was Catholic. But then I think it was Henry VIII. Yeah. Wanted to divorce his wife. 
Yeah, yeah. So he switched the religion. And cut off her of head. Of the country and cut off her head. Yeah, a couple of them. He cut off a couple of he- <laughs> wives' heads and stuff yeah. like that. So then it's Church of England, but it's basically Catholic, but they just wanted control. They just wanted to wrestle control of their country from totally. Catholicism. So that's what it is. So then Jamaica used to be a colony of England. So a lot of people there are like Pentecostal. They call it Pentecostal here, but it's just Church of England. From yeah. Colonization. Yeah, colonization. Right. And your, did your family actually practice? They were, they participated? Yeah, we went to church. My, wow. my, my father was more Church of England Pentecostal. My mother, her father was actually a Baptist preacher. He was a cop and a Baptist preacher and he had his own church. How amazing. Wow. Did you, growing up, especially when you guys relocated back to Jamaica, did Mm -hmm. your mom keep any of the old Jamaican, like herbalism or when you were sick, for instance, did she do anything special? Oh, that's funny that you asked that because I was just, I I just got off the phone with her and I I meant to thank her because like we had such a healthy upbringing, like everything people are doing right now. Yeah. She did with us when we were kids, like juicing. I mean, like that's all honestly uh, Rastafarian yeah. culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you had that. No, influence. She's, she's not even Rastafarian. It's just like, they were like these bush teas that yeah. they would force us to drink. That would like kind of clean. It was, she was always cleaning us out. Wow. Or giving us. Like laxative us to take something. Yeah. <laughs> laxative, like natural teas yeah. and just whatever just wow. healthy shit like when i look back and like it's not it's almost like how i think the world was like that then we went yeah. away from it so it seems like now that we're going back to it it seems like new discoveries but it's just old shit yeah she was doing that stuff with us from from the beginning and did your grandma or grandmothers did they practice any herbalism and stuff like that uh just normal people were religious superstitious yeah like they believed in ghosts. Yeah. That's the type of island it was like religious. Uh, and what's the word? Superstitious. Superstitious. Yeah. And also they believed in like a lot of natural, like bush tea remedies yeah. and teas and stuff like that. And then we, we grew a lot of the stuff that we ate anyway, because we had enough land in the backyard to, yeah. like, to grow corn or kalaloo, which is like spinach or we had mango trees and, sugar cane and just we could avocados Uh pomegranates just so we just ate a lot of stuff that was just like just around local and natural and organic all that am i correct that i remember you were a vegetarian or vegan when i knew you yeah i'm vegan now yeah what and how long have you been a vegan uh i would say i've been a vegan probably like 15 years wow and what was it that initially is it for animal rights is it for health Nah, it's for health. It is for yeah, health. Yeah, it's for health. Like, like when I was a kid, so here's this is something stupid. When I was a kid, K- KFC was a treat. Yeah, uh, it, it was, was like you got to, like even McDonald's yeah. when I was growing up. It was it's exciting. Like, it was exciting and yeah. tastes amazing. And But we were poor, so I was like, man, whenever I grow up, I'm just going to eat this shit forever. <laughs> all <laughs> yeah, day, every day. All day, every day. And then... I did start to, and I like realized it didn't taste the same, mm. and it wasn't the ingredients. It was like the actual chicken itself. I was like, just meat just tastes different. They're doing stuff to it, mm. and I don't want any parts of it. Mm-hmm. And so just to be healthy, 
Right, just to steer clear. I love yeah. that. That's so interesting, too. It was sort mm-hmm. of intuitive in a way. Yeah, that in you a could way, just yeah. tell. Yeah, you could tell. Like, I'm trying oh. to figure out, like, why this thing that I loved when I was a kid, like, I used to look forward to every bite. All of a sudden, it's just, it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. And, it, you know. It's such a great response because you always hear, you know, just varying but mm-hmm. charged responses. And that's mm-hmm. a really intuitive process of knowing it's just not good for you anymore yeah yeah that's great yeah and you're an aquarius yeah and you're how'd you know that i think i remember that honestly and then we obviously researched you yeah yeah and then are you a rat in in uh chinese astrology zodiac i don't know is that good i am i'm an aquarius rat you are yeah so we're on the same plane yeah i'll be a rat yeah (laughs) it's the year of the (laughs) rat it's the year of the rat what does rat mean well i'm not good at this because i'm Mm -hmm. not that invested you're not that chinese i'm not that (laughs) chinese you're right exactly and Mm -hmm. uh all i know the things that i identify is that we're really savvy we're very busy and that Mm -hmm. we're very savvy with saving like building nests and things like that um i'm into that are you the same? Yeah, you identify? Yeah. So anybody who does actually really know Chinese astrology is probably like, she has no idea what she's talking about right now. <laughs> but they could help out. It could help out. They could respond to this and help out. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. could send us something and maybe yeah. we would be able to read it or know uh-huh. about it. Okay. How do you know if you're a rat? Like, there's a, a certain day It's in the year you were born. Oh, okay. And then I think there are elements. So, for instance, my fiance is a dragon, and mm-hmm. you're like a wood dragon or a fire dragon. Oh. So, I don't even know Damn. which one I am. But I do know that the mm-hmm. rat and dragon are a very powerful couple. <laughs> so, well, that's something to hopefully know. Hopefully, I'm a rat. Yeah, and hopefully you're looking for rats. a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> nobody wants to be a rat. <laughs> but, you know, I'll take it. I know. I yeah. know I'm there. I, I'm <laughs> I'm going to own it. Yeah. So one thing that I know that we really wanted to get in with you, mm-hmm. get into with you, is that as a comedian in today's current climate, mm-hmm. it's so fucking sensitive in the world right now. Right. Every which way, it's so sensitive. And I really like about your comedy that you touch on everything and you're so authentic Mm -hmm. and a huge part. Yeah. A huge part of manifestation. I would argue the most important part of manifestation that I discovered Mm -hmm. is everything we're doing is to get back into our totally authentic self and sense of being. Mm -hmm. And I think that today's climate, it's really hard to be that whether somebody is afraid of offending someone or outshining something or undershining something how do you approach that as somebody who does have a darker, drier sense of humor and comedy? How does that come up for you? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't see me doing comedy any other way. Right. Like once, you know, one of the things in comedy is like you have to find your voice. And once I found it, you know, just like knowing not to eat chicken or just even knowing that comedy was the thing for me to do, like, I know that this is the way for me to do it. Mm -hmm. So then I just never question it or there's nothing going to stop me from doing it. I mean, there's, I'm just going to, and then the more restrictions they put on you, there's ways around them Mm -hmm. that'll make them regret those restrictions. Let's dive in. I love what you just said. Mm -hmm. First, tell me about, and then I'm going to loop back around Mm -hmm. how you even got, I call it the ping. To know that you're a comedian and that's what you're going to do. That's your thing. Oh, okay. So this might be interesting. So uh, I'm working at Burger King years ago. I'm on the drive through So one of the things is, so 
when I moved to America, I'm like 17. I'm like trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're in another country. Literally. Know? Literally, you know? And it's the first time I'm around like black people who I don't even have anything in common with. Mm. I have some things in skin color. But normally if I'm in England, like, and there's black people, they're Jamaican, mm-hmm. they're British, there's that. And then I'm in Jamaica, there's black people that are Jamaican. We like the same sports, the same food, the same everything. Mm-hmm. And we watch the same things. So you can, same music. Then you come to America, there's different music, different food, basically talk English, but different. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you just, and then, then there's different races. So you're just catching up, you know, mm-hmm. and people are into different things. So there's one guy at the job. His name was Greg Ellis, and he was funny as shit. And I noticed that when people, when you're around him, time goes fast, mm. and it's it's a fun time at the job. So I was like, I realized that I was just so frozen. I wasn't tapping into my funny side. Mm. So then that gave me the realization to just relax, just have fun, joke around. So I started doing that. And then maybe a few years later, I'm still at the Burger King. I'm taking orders on a drive-thru. I'm just clowning mm-hmm. and just taking orders. One customer pulls around and he said, hey, man, did you, did you just take my order? I said, yeah. He said, you're funny, man. You should do comedy. Mm-hmm. And I never, as soon as he said that, I, I was like, oh, shit, that's what I'm going to do. I never thought of it before. Was it, was it a full body experience or how did it register to you? It just registered. There's a way things register with me. Uh-huh. like that I know it's not an accident. I don't know if that was one of the first times, but I would definitely not forget that time. Uh-huh. And like he said it, I don't remember what he looks like. I never saw him again. But when he said it, I knew it. And I knew I was going to do it and never quit. And did was it a, like a mental knowing or did you feel something in your body? I felt something. Okay. But it was just like, it wasn't like, you know how I'm even killed? Mm-hmm. It was, it came that way. like. That's it. Calm. And it's just Calm, there. And that's there. And this is it. So this is what we're going to do. So now how are we going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like no question, nothing. I would argue. Mm-hmm. And so obviously in the intro, I'll have explained how we know each other right. and all of that. Hilarious. But I will, I'll argue that having even been an actor, mm-hmm. comedy to me looks like the most excruciating road to go down. <laughs> I mean, it's so... Intense, and I got to know you already mm-hmm. in the precipice of starting to make it, you know, mm-hmm. and making it because you're already on the stage and right. the Laugh Factory and Comedy House. What's it called? The Comedy, uh, the Comedy Store. Comedy Store. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it, right? Um, that you're already at that point, but there's so much in between that that had to have been just so fucking insane to navigate and painful and intense. Yeah, I mean, the the like what, like I said, like when the guy said that and it registered like nothing else mattered. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then I was just locked into like getting better. So then everything just is a part of it. So it's like, uh, this is just a part of it. I bombed again. Mm -hmm. This is frustrating. Like first I'm not good. Then I, after a while I kill, Mm -hmm. but then I bomb again. I said, I thought when I killed, That'll be, I'll just keep killing. Mm-hmm. But then now you don't know which way 
the show is going to go now. Because first, you knew it was going to all be bad. Then you're like, you get now a taste. it can be good. Yeah. But I don't know if tonight is going to be good or bad. And you don't know until it's over. And then, then you keep going. And then there's just so many other things that we put ourselves through. Mm-hmm. And then, then I just realize, have fun. Like, I, I just, just knowing that uh, it was going to work out somehow if you just keep doing the, doing it the way you're supposed to do it authentically yeah just let me know everything is going to be fine this is all a part of it and just keep going and and just accept everything and then comics and people period in life make things harder on mm-hmm. themselves so anybody just doing comedy now or just anything it's like i think once you started taking not making your life hard on yourself and moments hard on yourself, then things became easier. What were your tools? Because I think this is relatable to everybody. And right. when somebody gets a little taste of success and being loved for who they are, what they're trying to achieve, mm-hmm. it can al- almost be self-sabotaging. Like you're saying, you know, for some people, they can be like, how do I top that? Or if I fail, will I ever get back there? Or How do I continue? Or how doesn't this just knock me down for good? What are your tools when you were navigating that and still when you do? Oh, I, I think it's always simple. Like there's a, like you think about how did you get to where you are now? Mm-hmm. Right. So you just think about the first step and then, so then, oh, so you did the first step, then the second step, then the third step, and then you built it block by block. Mm-hmm. So then now, so I, I just did a special and I want to do one another hour special, special, one hour special. This yeah. is like there a huge deal. Yeah. So Congrats. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm bowing. Yeah. Even though you can't see. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, I want to do another special. I want it to be better than the last special. Mm -hmm. But how did I make the first special was a joke by joke. So then now I'm just going to go joke by joke again. I'm not going to like look at this big, massive task. I'm going to like just do it piece by piece. Because I know if you do it piece by piece, then it'll end up being what I want it to be. Right. So then that's the approach for everything. So like, it really is. It's just like, all right, step by step, piece by piece. Like for me it is. So then, so I can, I just don't get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's the most sound advice out there. Right, it's cool. really, if we all just did Whew, it like that. Answer. Yeah, done. We can die ah. now. <laughs> answer to life. Done. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> you're like the wise sage. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. You're, you're, you're welcome, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the authentic piece, I really mm-hmm. love that you said, you know, I'll paraphrase, but basically people want to put you in a box or a corner. They want to catch you if you're saying something that's maybe offensive or outshining, mm-hmm. but you can go about it a way that will make them sorry that they did that. And I think that's a really... Mm-hmm. It's a good strategy, right. really. And it's lucky to have that skill set. What does that look like, for instance, if you were to give us an example? Uh, like, I guess they talk about there's certain words that you can't use now or they are bad and then they'll get canceled if you say those words. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll just think of, make up a word that's worse than that word. Great. That is not cancelable, but it's actually... Like, like my stand-up is like, I dig a hole, dig myself a hole in front of the audience and then I climb out. Of you do, it. So and you might, do it well. Thank you very much. Yeah. So they might not like what I'm saying in the beginning. but Where they you're might, going. Where I'm going, but yeah. by the end of it, like, you know, he might have a point. Yeah. So that's the whole thing to make people look at things just a different way. Yeah. yeah. So it's all perspective. So it's all perspective. Like yeah. if somebody wants... Life is perspective, yeah. It really is. And what yeah. you're saying is if somebody wants to push the envelope, 
and be themselves and be super authentic. It's really about just being able to shift the perspective. Yeah. I would argue to watching a few, you know, I was watching, I really loved, I mean, you touch on everything too, like where a lot of people won't go, you know, and I love the joke that, what was I watching beforehand? The one, like the riot piece. I mean, it's a whole, what do you call it when it's a whole, you build. It's like a bit. Yeah, a bit. It's like, it keeps building and building and then there's Mm -hmm. a few payoffs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's exactly how you approach it. We all start going, where's he going with this? (laughs) (laughs) it's stressful but you're giving them like a payoff along the way and then you know there's a really good thought piece and Mm -hmm. for for somebody in the real world who's kind of approaching things that are sensitive or Mm -hmm. again feeling like we're being too much you know a a lot of people's authentic nature can be really funny very beautiful very charismatic you know but we're afraid of being too offensive or maybe we've worked hard and we've gotten nice things we don't want to lose them don't or just don't want to make other people feel bad or outshiny. Right. What would you say about that? Uh, you said about the outshiny part, or uh, as far as outshiny is like, I, I just recommend everybody just be themselves. I think so too. And then wherever things fall, they fall because you can pretend to fit something for somebody or for a group of people, and they're not like you anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I could just let it all hang hang plus you know like trump just like killed a a general from is it iran or iraq it's One. not good right. so <laughs> yeah i'm like that just let me know oh I, I can't care about anything or take anything serious because there's powers uh, uh beyond mine that could just change my life Mm-hmm. because if we go to war, then my life is changed. Mm-hmm. If we don't go to war, then it continues somewhere. If something, if something else happens or some catastrophe, then so it's like, why not just do you not take everything serious and have some fun. And I'm best when I'm just relaxed. Mm-hmm. So just relax and I'll be able to react and think at capacity. Mm-hmm. Then like pay attention and focus on what, everybody else is doing what about haters do you get haters yeah yeah how do you deal with them it hurts a little bit but then you're like this is it Mm -hmm. and then people and then you realize like i'm black Mm -hmm. so like what what's a hater like a racist Mm -hmm. i know that person's hurting because they're trying to hurt me so i was walking down the street it was Mm -hmm. me and i don't know if you know yasa lesser but he's another comic and mo mandel Mm -hmm. He's a Jewish white cop. Mm-hmm. We walk in from Mel's to the comic store. Oh, this is in L.A.? This is in L.A. Jesus. And we walk in the sunset. It's nighttime. This van drives by. The guy yells, nigga. You know? And then we, we all turn around. We see the guy in the van. And the van is gone. And then I turn to Mo. I say, hey, Mo, you're the only white guy here. And we start punching Mo. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all started laughing yeah. like that person's in pain but totally. they're not gonna ruin my day mm-hmm. with their slang like it's like now now what are you gonna do if i don't respond to it totally nothing, nothing. You, you that was your the last bullet in your gun so i'm i'm good 
That's a beautiful, God, that's a beautiful perspective. What about, do you get haters mm-hmm. like who after your jokes, after your, when you're done, you know, and it's not just like, they're actually just hating on you and your material ever. Yeah. There's some people that will never be on board, yeah. but that's life. I just know, you know, for the most part, a lot of people are into it or enough are into it. And then you, I just know just realistically everybody's not going to like me. Totally. And I, and I, and I've accepted that. I love so it. It's like, it's, it's, it's whatever. I mean, you feel bad a little bit, but it's like realistically overall, that's just life. So I'm, I'm fine. God, you're so even killed. Ian, it's Maybe. amazing. You're so inspiring. You're expansive oh, for me. I mean, we even experience it. We'll get it with reviews and things oh, yeah. like that. And yeah, I guess, I guess it's really just, I, and I think the real takeaway for everybody is you, you have to double down on your authenticity Yeah, yeah. in, you know, and I think I'm still afraid to fully do it all the way, oh, yeah. you know, being more in the public eye now and stuff like that. It is, it's scary, you know, nah, don't be scared. People, I mean, the beauty of you saying that is the, uh, the beauty of the honesty of that. Yeah. But you're thriving being you. So that should tell you even more to be you. Totally. You know what I mean? It's a great, great way to put it. Was your mom really even killed and your dad? Yeah. Now my dad is laid, was laid back. Mm-hmm. He just like did his thing, went to work. You know, he believed in like, you know, the work system. If you work hard, stuff will come. So he didn't say a lot. So you just watched him do it. So mm-hmm. then, so then I think my work ethic comes from that. My mother just, they just dug in there and just got shit done. Mm. You know what I mean? What brought them to the States? Uh, I think the Jamaican econ- economy was kind of tanking at mm-hmm. the time. So my mother came first. She was like a nanny for like some, some people in Manhattan. Mm. And she saved some money and then sponsored us and then brought us all back over. They did. Yeah. And so you landed when you came to the States in Manhattan? Uh, no, in uh, Long Island. Okay. Yeah. And how long were you on the East Coast before you came West? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, like, I grew up there. It kind of feels like that, I yeah, bet, yeah. if you landed at 17. But it also feels like I grew up here, too, because I've been yeah. here a long time, too. And did you buy a place? Yeah. You did, in the valley? It wa- I had one in the valley. Yeah. So that joke's true. It. Yeah, yeah, that looks true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, parts of it. No, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, no, that really happened. Really? Oh, yeah, all of it's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's legit. Like, that's you, legit you had it sold, it was in escrow, and then they backed up, but you had, like, sold your furniture and everything. Yeah, like, it was in storage, and I gave some across to the church across the street. So that's, your material so is a, true. Yeah, yeah, I had to live in an empty house. <laughs> <laughs> until we got a new buyer and everything wow jesus and i didn't even get the deposit really no. you were just kind the real no the realtor screwed up oh no because yeah, yeah. you after contingencies are over like they've got to you gotta yeah, keep it exactly wow so i didn't even get, get anything for the inconvenience so that realtor was done yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. and then you ended up buying somewhere else yeah i'm in los feliz now oh you are yeah, yeah. where at what's your address no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you after I'll yeah you after. no that's yeah. awesome yeah congrats how long ago uh, like 2015 or 16 the years everything's all blended together yeah i can't remember anything do you feel like you set an intention when you were buying the place of what you wanted. You yes. manifested it. Yeah. Let's hear it. 
because I'm in the valley and I'm like writing on a show in Burbank. Mm -hmm. So in the morning, I had to get up and get to Burbank, finish writing on the show. And this is like two two years in a row. Which show was this? Because you've written on a few. One was like Two Broke Girls and then the other one was like Blackish. Uh-huh. Right? Mm -hmm. So then I go to the shows after I get off, you know, then comedy. I have to do my stand-up and it's in that area. Mm -hmm. So then my choices were to drive back to Reseda, get a nap, and then come back out Mm -hmm. and then come back home, Mm -hmm. which I did sometimes. Or the other choice was just to stay out there. And in your car the whole time. In or the like car, friends. like a homeless person or a bug for some I friends. I remember, yeah, for auditions when I lived in Pasadena. Yeah. So and then, then work. Yeah, and then, and then work. So then you're like, you, you have a house, but you get there late at night. Sleep. Sleep, wake up, and then repeat. So then I was like, but the market was down at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, shit, I, I want to move. And I knew where I wanted to move to. And I was like, sometimes when I just know what I want to do and I feel it, it can happen. So then I was eating some food at Low Cali. And I was next door, there's a realtor place. I started like looking at the, the, the listings. The listings. On yeah, the wall. On the wall. Yeah, or window. Yeah. And then, then I went inside. I just started asking some questions. And then, because I had no belief that the market, like, I was like, you can't sell your place because the market's down. You won't make any money or you'll just lose. So you won't be able to move. But then they looked up my place and said, oh, yeah, you could make some money if you sold it. And then I was like, for real? And then I just set the whole thing in order and just sold it. Then the incident happened. Yeah. <laughs> Right. We'll Where, have to link that joke below. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. great. Yeah, thanks. And then I'm then I couldn't find a place. I stayed at a friend's house in Mid City, yeah. which was a great place central. to live. Yes, yeah, very central. Yeah. For like a year and a half until I found this place. And it's like, yeah. Do you feel like it was what you were looking for? Yeah, because here's a funny thing. The, the I had a townhouse in Reseda. And I always went, Man, this place is great if they could just airlift it. And drop it where That's I That's how I live. felt about our Echo Park house. Oh, where? Yeah, it was, I love the house. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to live in Echo Park anymore. That's funny. Yeah. So then, to me, this is like it was airlifted and dropped. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost identical in and a almost way. Almost like identical. Two, and a, two bedrooms, two and a half baths. Yeah. And did Upstairs, you? Upstairs, downstairs, yeah. Because I'm like thinking through my formula and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he walked into the place. He was expanded. He mm-hmm. listened to his ping to go look at the, I'm just walking through my mm-hmm. stuff with the people knowing and listen to it. Mm-hmm. What, what about, like, do you feel there was a kismetness in finding that actual place in Los Feliz since it was so similar to your old place or it just popped up one day? Well, let me see. I'm trying to figure out, like, what I realized is like, you don't have to have anything you just have to know what you want and start heading in that direction and do you think it's like step by step uh like you do with comedy like you did with comedy i just know you have to start heading in that direction Mm -hmm. so if it's step by step like one step two step then fine but i gotta start i had to like look at the listings then i had to 
walk in the place just to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Like those people forced me to give them my address mm -hmm. so that they could look it up. Because in my head, I'm like, it, it, there's the, no way. There's no way. Yeah. The market's down. And they looked at my place and said, no, nah, you could make this. And I'm like, you serious? So Did you end up making what they said? Yeah, around that. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't. It wasn't like a lot, but it was enough to not lose money and be yeah. able to get out of there and move to where I wanted to. Yeah. You know what I mean? What else do you feel like in your life you've manifested that's really clearly what you set out for? Well, so here's the funny thing. So I'm not married. Yeah. When I was like seven years old, I was watching TV. And I saw these people eating. They were all friends. They were drinking wine. They were eating dinner. It was like in their 30s. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for some reason, I'm like seven years old. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want to just always be at dinner parties or eating and drinking with friends late at night. Mm -hmm. I don't want a family. Wow. Right? You knew that then. I, yeah, I felt that then. <gasps> wow. Right? But I, and I said, that's what I want. Yeah. Right? So then I forget about that. I start doing comedy. Like I grew up, moved from England to Jamaica, from Jamaica to to England to Jamaica to, from Jamaica to New York yeah. get the idea the thing about comedy start doing comedy and doing comedy there then I moved to LA and then it hit me one day like I remembered you know the movie that I saw this TV show and the people eating and I was like oh shit that thing that I wanted back then I've been doing it because every Ever since I started doing comedy, every night, me and the comics would go eat mm -hmm. at some diner or some restaurant. And I did it in, when I was a Long Island comic, when I was a Manhattan comic, and now I lived in L.A. Like, I've been out to eat and drink with friends so many times. I'm not married. And, like, even comedy was a part of me, ended up. So I, I, my, my thing was, I didn't always... No, you're like nailing on the head what we all believe right. that's listening. Like I, I just, <laughs> I didn't always, I always get what I want. I just don't always know what I want. Right. You know what I mean? The clarity. The, the clarity of it. So now, so once I realized that, like I said, I, I got to focus more on what I want yeah. so I can get it even sooner. Yeah. You know. And just, yeah, that clarity of knowing. Yeah, the clarity of knowing. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. 
You can use our special code EXPANDED, all caps, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D, to receive $20 off your first a la carte workshop purchase or $20 off your first month of the pathway. Again, that's all caps, EXPANDED, E-X-P-A-N-D-E-D. Okay, now back to the episode. As a waitress at the Laugh Factory, you're mm-hmm. just like prime game. Everybody wants to sleep with you or they're trying mm-hmm. to sleep with you. That's all. Like, Again, the ch- you were hot. Yeah, all the chicks. No, they, thank you so <laughs> much. Oh, you're talking about the comics. Well, no, as I'm saying the comics, like everybody's just sleep with trying the wait- to sleep with the waitresses right, yeah, yeah. and everybody else, right? Yeah, yeah. And like the people at the show. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. and obviously Al, magical families didn't stop everybody, right. but Al was mm-hmm. one of those. Hilarious. And, <laughs> and yeah, like we're so respectful. And mm-hmm. I always remember like how just kind and respectful Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that. Oh, I cool. mean, what's sort of your, what's the question? Like your moral code when it comes to, because we have a lot of listeners, right? That are right. like manifesting dating and, you know, manifesting partnership. What's your moral compass when you're navigating the dating experience? When you know you don't want a family, you don't want something deeply committed. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that in the well, dating world? Well, I'm definitely honest about that. Great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. So I'm honest about that. And then some people, like, I think the world that I'm in with comedy and the energy of that, like, I, I run into people who have similar, like, that's that's what they, they want too, or it's just yeah. too early to tell mm-hmm. if they're the one or I'm the one. So, you know, you can still, like, date and have some fun mm-hmm. and go out. As, as far as morals, you're saying, I just, just tell them. You're just super upfront. Yeah, yeah. That's like, so We have important. a conversation and we talk. And like, yeah. I'm not looking for. And do, has that ever changed for you? Do you see that changing in the future? Or you think that's your no, life? There, there's a few times it's changed. Yeah. Like, like I was in a relationship and I was like, all right, but it, then it didn't work out. So I was like, whatever. Yeah. Back to it. Back to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like back to that I, I would, TV show. Yeah. I would never say never. Yeah. But for the most part, never. I love that. You know I love I mean? that you know that. And right. I love that you have clarity in that. And again, you're open. Mm-hmm. What about being in relationship or dating? Do you find that on a soul level? Because it sounds mm-hmm. like you're defying. I mean, it's natural Aquarian, but it mm-hmm. sounds like you're defying societal stereotypes about right. being in a relationship, being in a family. Mm-hmm. What is it that you personally crave? you're actually authentic again in another mm-hmm. spot of your life. What are you actually craving when you're connecting with somebody? Uh, like I get why people want to be in a relationships. Like even the last relationship, like there's closeness. We took trips. We were, we were great company with each other. We had a lot of fun. So then, and then I discovered a lot of California, mm. you know, like in my last relationship. Cause then I was like, I'd never been to big Sur. Wow. And, and one uh, day she's like we should go to Big Sur and then it was crazy like you're a comic which for some reason like I felt like I was cutting school mm-hmm. to just take a day off it's in the so middle true. of the week Cause it's to a hustle. go to Big Sur yeah. and I was like first of all why does this shit feel like school and I'm cutting out of it but it's not even a conventional job but yeah. it feels like 
it's a conventional job. So that's some other stuff I got to deal with. No, I love that. You know what I mean? Said that. Yeah. I think every artist, I know mm-hmm. when I acted, I felt that way. It right. was like, no, that's a distraction. You're slacking off. You've got to mm-hmm. be like doing scene work right now. Or for you, it'd be a, sh- you know, a show that night or right. whatever. Yeah. Just not having, t- making, knowing that I wasn't going to do a show that night. Oh. But meanwhile, everybody else was going to be on stage. Yeah. And then we drove up there and it was a great day. We didn't even stay. We drove back. It was it was just great. And I'm like, I got to do shit like that more often. Yeah. So then we just, so those are the great things about relationships. Like sometimes I talk to somebody in the audience and I look at them and say, so how many, you two are together. So how many times were you divorced before you met her? Uh-huh. And, Love that. And they'll start laughing. But I get why, like, I guess the point is I get why people want to be in relationships, even though I most of the time don't. Like, yeah. It's it's addictive. There's parts to it, yeah. And you get back, you get with somebody else, so that you can have the parts of it that you do like, and mm-hmm. hopefully that both of you can maximize, or just be about the parts about relationships that you do like, yeah. Until it works or it doesn't work. Totally. You know, navigating that last experience, like mm-hmm. both of you exiting the relationship, was that a really conscious and healthy? exiting or did it turn out to be unhealthy it, it was definitely the whole thing was healthy awesome but but even the bad parts yeah you know what i mean like, like a lot of communication well hearing everybody's side there was that and well let me just say going into the relationship i was like this might not work and not because i thought it might not work yeah maybe i did think there were parts of it that was like dodgy but I was like, I'm going to give this my all. Yeah. Like, wow. I felt like in the past, I'd just been in relationships like two years and I'd be like, I'm done for some reason. So I was like, I don't want to do this like that. I got to be more open. So then I was more forgiving of things. Mm-hmm. Like I found places and ways to love her and not be done after certain things mm-hmm. the, the way I would have been done before. So I was like, oh, you know, so it's just really, I said, I'm just going to go open mm-hmm. and see what happens. If it doesn't work, I'll definitely get something from this. And mm-hmm. if it does work, I'll get something from this. So it was like, it was like a non-lose situation. Mm. So that's how I, I'd like to just approach anything. It's just like, it's, a, it's everybody's looking for, like, if you have a relationship, like, I see people get divorced after 20 years. Mm-hmm. And people say it's tragic or sad. Say, but you were with somebody for 20 years. What were you going to be doing besides that? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And since you didn't, and this was it, like, what are the good things? There's, there's so many times, like, I would never get back with my ex, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. But I still enjoy in my mind, moments, great moments that we had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I still, it's like, separately, I, I go to Coachella, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Coachella is something pleasant that happens in April, but it stays with me all year. Yeah. So then anything that was pleasant about the relationship still stays with me. I just think this is really metaphorical for a lot of aspects of life. Oh, yeah? To be that open and, and honestly, like not having societal attachments Mm -hmm. and 
knowing that you're going to gleam some good, some growth out of it. I mean, that's so it's, applicable for everything in life. Yeah, it's like the only way to look at it is like, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Because any other way is just going to cause torture to yourself. Like, people just want to, listen, if the relationship lasts, it doesn't mean it's working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I agree, a thousand percent. It doesn't mean it's working. Just so, say you die married but you should have gotten out of it, you know, and you didn't learn that and you didn't realize that you didn't react to it. And there wasn't the growth. There wasn't right? any growth. So, Which, so wherever the growth is, yeah, you know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. Do you have a spiritual practice? Uh, I meditate sometimes. What does that look like for you when you're doing it? There's like different ones. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sometimes I meditate to music, sometimes affirmations that mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just, affirmate myself and it's sometimes just silence you know what I mean Mm -hmm. just nothing nothing where has been a point where you've used affirmations or meditation and you've seen a result from it or you've seen an evolution from it uh there were times like say the relationship (laughs) like so here's a funny thing yeah like I meditated before I went in a relationship I said should I do this Wow. And the response was no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you but think I, that was? I did that shit anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you think was the caution? Exactly what happened. <laughs> right, right. That it wasn't going to work <laughs> that out. That it wasn't going to okay. work out. Yeah. But the great thing about going against it, like if I didn't go against it, right? And I said, all right, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Then I would always wonder was that message really right? Right. And now you know it was. But now I know it was. <laughs> so now I know. <laughs> Listen always. See, this is such a good takeaway. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I really believe in that. Like, we do have to test that. I call it mm-hmm. running into the fire. Yeah, yeah. When you know better is and your intuition. Really is it, yeah. Is it going to burn me? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so fire, if fire works like fire. fire. Now I don't have to burn my hand in fire and ever I again never have to ever yes. underestimate that fire will always yeah, burn yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. How, so, do you have that check-in with yourself a lot intuitive check-ins like about shows or should i do this project uh yeah 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 decent amount yeah. a decent amount could be more but decent amount yeah do you feel like you've ever settled with work in the last maybe five years where you shouldn't have done and you don't have to be specific to the mm-hmm. project but examples uh but now, nah, for the most part, like I'm freer. Like, mm-hmm. like I was writing on shows. I could be making a lot of money writing on shows right now, but I want to be f- outside and freer. And and instead of writing, you know, we have your your medical and you know healthcare benefits and your pension and all that stuff building up. And you and you know, I, I'm taking. I'm not doing that so that I can. Go on the road, do stand up. I just did a special, work towards doing another one and build up a reputation that way, mm-hmm. which right now pays less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm manifesting, I'm walking in the direction of making it be more worth than the, the glass ceiling of writing. Yeah, yeah. This brings so many questions to mm-hmm. me. Do you feel like when you said no, to writing, like being mm-hmm. in the room. And I, just to my understanding, those are like sometimes 12, 16 hour days. Right. Like you're on a project. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
when you whenever you said no or you made the conscious decision you really want to be on the road did more stuff start to come to you in comedy uh yeah because then i said i'm gonna do a special right so i'm like like last year yeah tell us about that manifestation process so then it's been on my mind i did an album but when i did the album i was writing on blackish Mm -hmm. so i couldn't get to tour and push the album so then then i left there was some issues at blackish mm-hmm. and i'm like these issues are telling me to go do stand up mm-hmm. so then so then i and it also i was getting paid as a staff writer at blackish even though i'd written on shows before so one thing i took the job because at the time so at the time before blackish i was writing on shows and I wanted to get back into sitcom and I felt that and I knew that and I, and I that's what I wanted. And you mean acting? No, like writing. Writing sit- sitcoms, sitcom. okay. So then out of the blue, Morgan Murphy calls me. Mm. She's like, you have an agent? I'm like, nah. She's like, you have a manager? I said, yeah. She's, she's like, a, damn, what's the guy that created part of Michael... Why can't I? Created, what did he create? Sex in the City. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's uh, just two guys. But there's a main guy yeah. that everybody, it's the same person who produced two broke roles, right? Yes. Or who, uh, yeah. with Whitney, like yeah. helped that show come exactly. about. Right. We've had Beth on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. She lives like, around here or something? She will. Is that her horse? Yeah. <laughs> her horses are. <laughs> I think Whitney's yeah. horses are around here, yeah, too. They're hilarious. in Topanga. But mm-hmm. she actually, I think, just manifested her second home. And we have to have oh, yeah. her back to go through that oh, process. Sad. But she does all the work. Yeah. We're sure. going to make you do it. Right, I'm down. <laughs> but continue. Sorry. So I just, that's what I knew I wanted. You know, what gig So Morgan calls. She said, uh, Michael Patrick King. That's it. Yeah. Wants to meet with you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like out of the blue. And she's like, then she explains, she showed him a joke mm. that I did. And my name came up in the room and boom. So now I get the meeting. I'm working on a sitcom, but this is something that I, I wanted. I can't remember how long it took to happen, but it, it, you know, it, it felt like the thing that I do when I know what I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it comes. And, and it comes. Mm-hmm. So, so then that happened. And then, then I went to, to, to uh, Blackish. And then now I want, and I've written on some other shows after Blackish, mm-hmm. but they were, they fit into, and, and Blackish, like Two Bro Girls was punch up, mm-hmm. but it paid a writer's salary. Mm -hmm. And then Blackish was like staff writer, which Mm -hmm. is good money, but it's just like basic. And I'm like, I should, everybody in the room was further ahead than me, Mm -hmm. like within their titles and the money that they were making. And I'm like, I've been writing just as long as these people. And I said, and so then I leave, but then the next show that I I get, because I didn't really want the job Mm -hmm. pays me, it more offers. Than what, offers more yes. than if I'd stayed there. Yes. And then the job after that offered more because of that. So Because they was just like, eight weeks here. I didn't want to be in a room. We're doing a sitcom now. You're doing 20-something weeks out the year. Yeah. 
That's a that's half the year. So now insane. I can do like eight or sixteen weeks, and they like my my agent would be like he doesn't want the job. He wants to do stand up. Then they'll offer more money. So then I got to where those people were in that room. Yeah. But by not staying there and doing it step by step, but just saying. I want it, but I'm not going to do it this way. And, it, and then now it works out both ways. So now, because that's part of like what I teach in manifestation, we get mm-hmm. tested and we have to stand in our worth. And you're outlining it perfectly. You're right. like, no, I'm just going to do comedy if you can't meet me here. It's like, I can do that, but right, right. I really want to do comedy. And if you can't meet me here, I'll consider it. Mm-hmm. When you finally said, did you say yes to one of those? Yeah, it took like, here's a funny thing. When yeah. I quit Blackish, it was hard because it's like I knew the show was going to win an Emmy at some point. It was a good show. That's why I joined it in the first place. But it was hard to quit because you're like, is this the right move? Because mm. this show, that it's show gonna is going to go. It's, yeah. go. it's, it's on the air six years. So it's good. everybody who's there, who's still there, they are made their life money and everything. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, then I had to figure out some basic steps. So I'm, I'm leaving because I wanted to write a book and try to sell it. And I wanted to do a special. And I said, this is only a mistake leaving Blackish if I don't pursue what I want to do. The reason for leaving it 100%. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not a mistake to leave. It's a mistake to leave and not go hard yeah. to do it. To, and so then I like, okay. So then now I have to work and I have to hold myself accountable and do all the things. And then I did it. And then I got the special. Bam. Yeah. yeah you've really just outlined the manifestation yeah. process. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Yeah. That's incredible. Wow. And now that you've done the special, mm-hmm. what do you feel like for you? Like your soul at a soul level, what does it feel like it's asking for next? Obviously we know you want to work on another special. But just on a soul level, soul level, what, what are the things that are coming up for you? It doesn't even have to be career, Yeah, right. right. but it's like, go there, do this. This is what we need and want out of the next 10 years of life or five. I'm trying to figure out, I want to know what don't I know about me? Mm. Like what is my total power Mm. as a human, as a being, as a soul and in connection with my body mm-hmm. what is my body limiting me from doing spiritually mm-hmm. so that i can somehow reach out and do it you know like figure out how to do it and know the things that i should know and do the things that i what am i capable of that i don't know that i'm capable of physically and spiritually the full capacity the full capacity do you get little downloads or glimpses of what those could be just like little clues of what uh Maybe all of a yes sudden. Yes and no. Okay. Yeah, yes and no. What would be some of the yeses maybe you've received? I feel that many mm-hmm. people get to a point where they quandre this, especially if they're reaching success. Where they quandre? Yeah, where they're like, what is my actual potential? If I take the box mm-hmm. that I've seen and I've been building towards and I just kind of lift that, mm-hmm. what is the full, real full potential of who I am, my being, my spirituality, mm-hmm. my creativity? Like, where do I do I not need to age, you know, and we're not talking right. about like, like where, what is that full potential? I think a lot of people, they sit and philosophize this. Right. What are some little glimpses that you've received that maybe you, society's telling you something or this industry's telling you something, but you know, there's something faster. It's hard. Cause you think about so like, it's like asking me, what's my, uh, 
favorite musicians right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's like put me on the spot. It is. It's you like, can't think so, of any. So of it, I can't right? think of it. But right. Uh, but because I've, I've had some answers before, yeah. I just don't remember them right now. Well, but I just know I just need to. Like coming up here is good. Yeah. And talk to you is good. Like, because I didn't know you were doing this. Yeah. You know, you just disappeared and then you hit me up. <laughs> so even the special leads me back to you. Yeah. You know, and then this talk will sink in. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll meditate more, at least at the beginning <laughs> of the year. Totally. Before I fall off again. Sure. You know what I mean? So. Well, I think a lot of people actually meditate to exist the way you already exist. I think you naturally have an innate presence about you, a presentness about you. I think when I used to play soccer, it was a form of meditation. Totally. A moving meditation. Yeah. Completely. Yes. What does your family think about what what your whole life is? Uh, I mean, before when I did stand-up, I didn't tell them. So they just see me disappear. I call this manifestation boundaries. Manifestation boundaries. Because they might tell you, like, don't do it, be Mm -hmm. safe, you know, just out of love. They're just fearful because they want you to have a successful life. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, just lie and say. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to do it. Right? And you'll show them with what you manifest. Exactly. They might not be able to handle it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And then my parents are from Jamaica, and they're like, my father was like an engineer. They just believe in like, just working hard mm-hmm. and you'll get it. So they're not and be thinking secure. and be secure. So they're not thinking. So you're going to, you can go to college and get a job and then be secure. So go off to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not even going to tell them. First of all, I don't know. I'm not good at this yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's working. I'm going to, I'm going to work hard at it. There are no doubts, but mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be a comic before I tell people I'm a comic. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So let me just do that and mm-hmm. just go off and do that. And, and then what, on. now that you've had success and you've written mm-hmm. and all of that, what do they think? Well, they've known about it for a while. They yeah. found out somehow. They came to a show. No way. surprised me in the middle of the show. It's like the Marvel- Marvelous <laughs> Mrs. Maisel or oh, whatever. Right? She stole my life. <laughs> she totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I can't believe she stole my her life. Her dad ended up at a show. Oh, right. And she was making fun of her parents. It was a whole thing. But so, I didn't how- make fun of them. I got off stage immediately and introduced the next comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to stay Whoa. on stage. What was uh, their reaction? They they just they said they found out about it. And they not only just came by themselves, they brought family friends to the show. So I see in the middle of the show, they have late and they're in suits and church clothes walking to a Saturday night show. Oh, and this is in New York? This is in Long Island, yeah. Long Island. Yeah. Holy shit. East Side Comedy Club or something like that. I was like, and I, it's a good thing I was a host. So I just cut my set short yeah. and brought it because I'm not. I wasn't prepared to perform in front of them. Yeah, oh, I'm this trying to be find so my voice. Stressful. I'm not. Yeah, it's not. And were they supportive? Yeah, yeah. They were, and they've been totally supportive since? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, like my mother helped kind of like, I had like a piece of shit car. So she's like, I'm going to buy a car that you can use to, to mm-hmm. get to some of these gigs and shit like that. So, so she, she believed in you? Well, she helped out. Yeah, yeah she yeah. must have. And she knows, she knows me. She knows who I'm raised. I'm not that much different. I am different around my friends, but I'm not that much different. Like, like, so I won't curse in front of her, but 
you know, I think pretty much the same way or act pretty much the same way in front of her. So she wasn't concerned. So I just think they just, it's just like, yeah, why not help out? Yeah. Yeah. You're probably, they were probably relieved that you weren't just like out doing drugs and partying. Exactly. They were like, oh, phew. So this is what he was doing. Because I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) sure it seemed like I was doing something. Shady. Yeah, shady. Wow. And what do they think about the no family component? There's never pressure from your mom. My sisters might stay, say some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but now they stop saying it. Great. Know? Yeah. Did you feel like you had any um, inner child, I say inner child, but like limiting beliefs that maybe you had been raised around or programming that you had to overcome for comedy? For sh- Not for comedy, just continuously, just for life. Yeah. Period, you know what I mean? What are some of the biggies? I, I just feel... I don't, how do I even put this? Say the question again. Maybe that'll So help. basically any programming, I mean, especially cultural. I mean, you mm-hmm. lived in literally th- three different cultures, mm-hmm. essentially, because not only is it the family modeling, the familial mm-hmm. modeling that you witnessed, but you also had to deal with British culture. And then you went back to Jamaican culture where you were mm-hmm. immersed. And then you came to American culture. What have been, we'll even put it this way. What have been some of just the limiting beliefs in yourself that you've had to overcome? Well, so some of the limiting beliefs is like, so doing the type, doing comedy, like that's a no-no. That's just some shit that you see people do and achieve, but you don't, you're supposed to like, you know, your limiting beliefs, like go to school, get a job and then just do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, you're not, if you don't want to get married or have a family, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't give a damn if you think something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Yeah, they're like the, what yeah. did they say? The Peter Pan or the whatever. Yeah. Right. And it's like, nah, that doesn't mean that. It just means it's not for everybody. Totally. Why does, why does everything is just not for everybody? Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people that it's not for and there's nothing wrong with me. Like, mm-hmm. I clearly know that somehow. And I clearly know I should do comedy somehow. It's the same thing. Knowing. Give me that message and that same knowing. So I'm going to do that. And then uh, uh, restrictions is like, like, so you now I'm doing comedy. Then they're, te- then they're like, there's restrictions in comedy. Hey, you can, if you do that type of comedy, you'll get held back or blah, blah, blah. You know? So I'm like, no, I'm doing that type of comedy. And I'm saying those things. And people who say nicer things maybe further or have more money faster faster but i'm as long as i'm happy i'm good that's awesome you know what i mean that's everything yeah it's hard in today's society to be that it is really fucking hard i feel but to be happy well to just be authentic like getting Mm. back to that conversation of authenticity it's scary almost you know it's especially as somebody who's in the public eye it's really hard it's funny i i i told this one person this story so when i first started i was friends with a bunch of comics in new york so then there was this big tv show taping so comics came from all over the country to new york to tape it and after the show, one of my friends was like, we're going back to this other comics hotel who just taped all hang out. You know, comics are excited. They have a hotel in New York City. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So I go there and uh, the guy <laughs> kind of, I'm there hanging out in this guy's hotel. So then the guy kind of turns on me. 
the guys who's actual, not the person who invited me. The one who had this filming of who, the show. Who filmed the show and it was his hotel. And he, he basically screams on me in front of everybody and tells me to get out. Why? I'll kind of get to that. Okay, I'll get okay, to that. Okay. So I'm like, I don't even know why. At the time. At the time. But I know this is his hotel room and he's telling me to get out and he's embarrassed me in front of these people. But it is his hotel room. So I, I got to get out. Yeah. So I, I leave. Yeah. So I leave. And then maybe a year later, somebody was booked on a show in Germany to do military bases and they couldn't go. So the promoter said, hey, do you want to go to this? shows in Germany and fill in for this person who can't make it. I'm like, yeah. They said, by the way, it's this comic that yelled at you is also on the same bill. And I don't know how they knew, you know, are you going to be cool doing shows with this person, traveling the same van, living in the same uh, places for like a week with this person? We know you have an issue. You two have, have gotten into it before. And I was like, I'll be fine. So then I went, and the whole trip, it was awkward. You know, but we said hi. I just kept to myself and just did my shit, mm -hmm. you know? And then at the end of the, the last toy, the last day the toy comes to me and says, hey, man, hey, man, like, I've been watching you the whole tour, and you do your comedy, and you go to the gym, and you eat, and you chill, and you just talk, and it's like, like, I just observed you and got to know you and you're not who I thought you were. Mm. Like, the reason why I yelled at you in the hotel is because you're friends with a crew of people that I'm not friends with. And then I saw you in my hotel room. So then I went in on you, but I didn't know you. And I've seen you this week and this is who you are. And then w when I went there, I didn't, for the trip, I didn't know what it was going to be like. But I was like, I'm going to just be myself. Yeah. And then he saw me being myself and liked me. Mm -hmm. And then that told me, ah, just wherever you are, just be yourself. I love that. You know what I mean? I love that. So then that's why when you say, is it hard to be yourself? It's like, it's, it's the only thing I have. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing I have. But there is confidence in me that people like me when I am myself. Mm -hmm. So then I do have that. You built that. Yeah. Or it's like it's always been reinforced. It's being, it's being reinforced. And yeah. then I do have that to, to cling to. Like just like when there's just nothing else going on, uh, it's like, I, and it's basic. Just first step, be yourself. Mm -hmm. And then just relax in that. And then it works out usually. That's always the case for me too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. really, that is the only thing we have is our authenticity mm -hmm. and being ourselves. It really, and to me, it's pure magnetism. The more we can be in that state yeah. and unblocked in it, you know, like confident mm. in it. Yeah. So getting rid of all the stuff that makes us feel not confident. So I think you just put it so perfectly. Yeah. I have one last question. Uh -huh. Do you find as an artist mm -hmm. that because it sounds like you started to really surround yourself around other comics that I would, I would deem like even what I got to witness that are more successful or you're seeing their trajectories do you find that that helped you believe it was possible for you? Uh, there was there was a lot of things like that mm -hmm. along the way. 
I remember I started at this club called Governors. It's a comedy club in Long Island. So on the weekend, they would allow us open micers to come and watch these big-ass shows with these on-TV comedians. So we'd go and we'd just watch everybody. So that was great. Then one week, this guy came. I don't remember his name now. I forgot it then, but it was sold out, and he was killing. I think he had a guitar, some musician, music, musical comic, and he was killing. I was like, this place is packed. I don't even know this guy. If I could just get to this level, mm. I'm good. Like, I don't have to be a household name like everybody else that mm-hmm. I saw. But to be here, to come to a place on a weekend and the place is packed and people are paying to see me. Like, so I was like, that's, that's, I'd at least be happy with that. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, I can at least achieve that. So then that was inspiring in that way. And then just other things I've wanted to like, you get a job on a, on a sitcom, you're writing. Now you have to actually write a script and everybody's going to read it. The network, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, shit, this is what I wanted, Try but it. now they're going to read this thing. And I'm like, well, that person I like did it. And that person I like did it. Uh, you could do it too. Just write the script. Do line by line. Just write the script. Just do it the way you would write anything funny and put your time into it and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, and then then it works. And it just keeps more, like more and more. And yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I really, instead of visualizing, which mm-hmm. I don't think has ever been that effective for me, but like what you're outlining. And I think it's a really good takeaway for this community mm-hmm. who subscribes to this type of manifestation. We tell them to go find what I call expanders. It's what the podcast is named mm-hmm. after, Expanded. So it's like, go find the people and see to believe because you identify with them. They've right. been where you are and now they've gone on to go where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And when you see enough of those, your subconscious, it opens up the space right. for what you want to come through. But what's so important about what you said is you would kind of do it incrementally. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You would be like, if I could just get to that point, like that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then right. you would build from there, from there, which is sort of, you know, I would say that's the theme of the episode is a be yourself and put one foot in front of the other right you don't have to go find the whatever i don't know who is the biggest comic in the world right now there's a lot of them are there like who are these people there's rogan there's Chappelle. Chappelle, yeah sebastian okay do you remember sebastian is he huge now he's huge what he was awesome he's he's a great guy great guy he's sold out madison like five times we're talking about like like Italian Sebastian. Yes. I'm so happy for yeah. him. Wow. He's, he's in he's in the Irishman. He is. I haven't watched it yet. And he's in and he's in Green Book from last year. Wow. That won the uh, uh, Academy Award for Best Film. I am so happy for him. Yeah. He was with a lady at the time. Like mm-hmm. he finally got into a relationship. And they, they got married. They're married. Yeah, they Holy shit. Kids. What? That motherfucker just bought Gwen Stefani's old house. It must be Liz. Yeah. Like, Are you like which, whichever cool. the twenty six million dollar one? What? Yes. Holy shit. I'm so happy for him. Are you looking at that like from your townhouse in Los Feliz? You're like, if I could just get to that level, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to get to that Fuck level. That. I know it's insane. Yeah, yeah. That's it's really, wow. Yeah, I, I want to be more secure, but I don't know if I want to get. That's a whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Wow. Because I'm worried about. I'm worried about anything that would 
change me from not being me. And being cool, like being and, even killed. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not saying that's what's going on with Sebastian, but like n- knowing what I know of me, could I handle that? Yeah. And if I can't, then it's not worth it. Totally. You know what I mean? I I completely understand what you're yeah. saying. It is. And I think it's very challenging mm-hmm. when people hit certain levels to like what stardom it can be yeah. whiplash yes. and depression and yeah. who am I? And that's exactly yeah, what you're yeah. getting at being who I am. Yeah. You know I don't want to do anything that makes me, I'm trying to find me more. I don't want to do anything that makes it harder you. to get to. Yeah. I completely understand what you're you know saying. What I mean? I'm so proud of Tiffany Haddish as well. Oh, yeah, she's crazy. It's amazing because she was doing like the midnight Mm -hmm. spot and just has gone. And she was also somebody who was always so lovely and beautiful and and positive. Positive. Meditating and and, uh, manifesting and shit like that. Yeah. I'm so, and I saw this little thing. We have a Facebook group in the community Mm -hmm. where people who are doing this work will like, you know, kind of bounce off things with each other and Mm -hmm. all that. And somebody posted this thing and I just happened to be the person who watched it. And it was the relationship, which I wasn't aware of between her and Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. How do you know that? Like that they go way back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we used to do a sketch show at the laugh factory, all of us together. I don't remember. What, when would you guys do it? Like, um, probably like Wednesday night. Oh, that's why I didn't work there. Yeah. And then she was like, uh, yeah, she was, she was broke. Totally. Yeah, lived in a car. And yeah. She, uh, got known Tiffany through all the phases yeah. of all the things that she's doing. Yeah. I'm so happy. Just for yeah. all of you guys. They're just killing it. Yeah. And I just think that's great. Who else is just out there going nuts right now? And Whitney's still killing it. Kill. I mean, yeah. she's just on all levels. Yeah. There's just so many people. That book was great that she wrote. No, I didn't so, read it, but I guess I got to read it. Yeah. So transparent about her codependency and everything right. she's been through. Just really inspiring stuff. Yeah. You guys are all so inspired. I'm just so happy for you all. Uh, you too. You, you killed it. You Thank did, you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're doing it. This is pretty amazing. Thanks I'm, a lot. I'm definitely amazed and like, shit, I'm, I'm down to learn from you. I'm you saying, saying? You know vice saying? versa. Ian, tell us where we can find you. Oh, where you can find me at Ian Edwards Comic on Instagram mm-hmm. and also on Twitter, uh, Facebook. And uh, ianedwardscomedian.com. What about your special? Where and are we watching that? Special is streaming on Comedy Central. It is on. So, but can we see it on Netflix or anything else? I knew it was a Comedy Central special. Uh, not right now. Like Amazon. Okay. Comedy Central. Maybe Hulu. Okay. I forgot where else they told me you could find it. Great. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming uh, on. Thanks for Ian. having me. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. 
in it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.